Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. Before we start talking about the body, I think it's really good. Let's take kind of a tiny step back. There are four bodies, right? Yes, there are. The mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical. Well, there are many bodies. To be fair, we actually have a lot more than that, but our four main bodies, physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental. So mental, what we think, spiritual, Mm -hmm. our relationship with spirit, emotional, our emotions, Mm -hmm. and physical, our physical body. Exactly. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is our physical body. Yes, Okay, cool. <laughs> I think that's just important to start with. Because <laughs> yes. I, think, I think sometimes I get a bit confused when we're talking because, you know, you'll say kind of like our body and our bodies. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what? Yeah. So glossary term here is when we say plural bodies, we're talking about the four. Yes. And when we say body, we're talking about our physical body. Correct. Part of the soul memory practice is understanding what our bodies are trying to tell us. Because often people might have some mystery, physical issue, you name it. It could be something as innocuous as eczema, which for some is not innocuous, it's massive, others Mm. it's mild, to Mm. disease. And as we understand, our physical bodies are an expression of our spiritual, emotional, and our mental states. And that's why understanding the physical body is so important. Things are manifesting physically, it's there to tell us something. And often people don't want to get to that point they just want to know okay well diagnose me and give me whatever it will take to make it go away and while that could be fine in in order to come to understand what it means to own who we are and come into our truth it means acknowledging what we look like what we feel and what our bodies are communicating to us just as i guess a relationship with your emotions and understanding what your emotions are trying to tell you yes the relationship with your body and understanding what your body is trying to tell you as well. Is key. Is super key. Yes. And we have spent lifetimes abusing our bodies. That it's time that we make our peace with our bodies if we are to sort of live longer, healthier, happier lives. When you say abusing our body, are you saying using our body to numb our emotions? Yes, but also abusing our bodies... Because we take them for granted. Yes, that's definitely my experience. Very much. I focused on what was wrong with my body and not what was right. The reason I struggle with my body as a temple is it kind of pushes that idea and that image out of ourselves again, right? It sort of forces us to see our bodies in a rather three-dimensional way. It's allowing someone else to define what temple is. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like my, my temple could be really into dairy. It's not a structure. It's a reflection of everything we are. Yeah. And that's massive. And we have not taken very good care of them. Because in a lot of ways, that stuff comes from fear. Mm. If I eat X, Y, or Z, I will get sick. I will mm. be hurt. And again, that fear is the antithesis of love. It's the antithesis of power, your right. self-power. Mm-hmm. So It's subscribing to somebody else's belief system as well, because it means denying your own if you're just sort of, well, if I do this, then that consequential way of looking yeah. at things, which doesn't necessarily work. So it's more kind of like there's the difference between the person who says, I choose to eat a salad because I am craving it and it'll nourish me and it's an act of love. Mm -hmm. And then someone who goes, I am forcing myself to eat a salad 
because I'm scared of what happens to me if I don't. Oh, yes. Or if I don't eat one, then it's bad, right? Also labeling how we treat our body. And I guess that's having the confidence to choose yourself. Oh, absolutely. The courage, for sure, because the root of how we treat our bodies is certainly self-esteem. But self-esteem is to not be linked to confidence, because that's an entirely subjective thing. Confidence is a sense that, well, I know that I have this, when it comes to our bodies, I know I have this particular look feature, etc., that I know is acceptable or admired. Self-esteem is love. I know that I exude love. Love pours out of every pore of my body, right? And that is my light, and that's what people see. So self-esteem is I love myself, and other people can see that I love myself? Very much. And that makes me flawless. And the greater the self-love, the greater the self-esteem. Yeah. Not to be confused with, other people love me, so... I must be okay. Or other people tell me I'm pretty and that's what I'm going to put out to the world. We're moving the idea of self-esteem from one that is external to internal. The more you love yourself, Mm -hmm. the more self-esteem you have, the more respect you have for yourself. Because love and respect are so intertwined. It's not to say that self-confidence is necessarily misplaced. It is important to have a sense of belief in one's abilities, often when it comes to our bodies and how we express ourselves to the world. So much of that is based on acceptance by Mm. others. And the problem is, is that because everyone has different criteria for accepting you, we try and be flawless Mm -hmm. so that everyone accepts us. We try to be perfect. I think flawless is a beautiful thing. No one is ever perfect because you're not 100% at everything at every given moment. Whereas flawless to me means however we're being at any given moment, it's us being at our best. We're doing the best we can. When we're saying that we're flawless, it means that we're accepting our light and we're allowing our light to shine as much as possible. We all want to be loved unconditionally. Yes. So if we see someone loving themselves unconditionally, mm-hmm. we want to be close to them. We want to spend more time with them because we also want to be in the same state. Yeah. So that makes us more beautiful and mm-hmm. more yeah. engaging because we are more at peace with ourselves. Very much so. So self-acceptance is, I think, the critical step in self-esteem. It's step one. Can you accept that this is who you are? And the moment you have the courage to do that is then when you can take the subsequent steps to building up love, self-love. But if you accept who you are, do you then lose the agency to change it? If I say, I accept that I've got a big ass, but (laughs) I'd like to make it smaller, is that allowed in self-love? Of course, of course, because is it a product of a certain behavior? Is the goal for the smaller ass, is it a vain one because you just want to be an impossibly tiny size? Or is it because you know that by working out, it's an act of self-love because it's healthier? And if the byproduct is a smaller ass, then all the better. So, because when we talk about the physical body, it's really defined by your outward appearance. Oh, yes. I mean, our society is so vain. I mean, it has been for lifetimes and lifetimes. Physical appearance is currency. Very much so, yeah. Which has damaged the integrity of our bodies, which is why we're in such crisis right now. And that's what I meant when I said we've abused our bodies, is because we have not treated them with integrity, because we're constantly trying to shape and mold them to be accepted as we are we're all so different and unique on the surface aren't we skin color eye color height size no two people the exact same and that's a lovely thing just under 10 years ago Mm. i was diagnosed with hashimoto's so i'm autoimmune i had these sort of atypical symptoms i didn't have the weight gain i had the fatigue 
But having two young children, it's easy to dismiss one's fatigue, right? For (laughs) I have two small children. (laughs) It had just taken a lot on myself. I tend to do that. And it got to the point where my body said enough. You know, when it comes to hypothyroidism, it's about putting yourself last. And I had been in this kind of caretaker mode, not just with children, but with also, also because of my husband's career and the constant moving around we were doing, which I didn't enjoy the moving bit. It's a lot of work. It's quite stressful. But I also just have such a wanderlust. I was at war with myself. I was at war with how I was living my life versus what how, how my needs were being met. And my body paid for it. So fast forward, everything I'm managing, I'm managing. Just last year, I was diagnosed with early onset menopause. And that was also kind of crushing. Again, I had to stop and think about what were the triggers And it was because I had taken on too much. (laughs) So I feel like here I am, I'm 42. My body tells me that I'm about 50. (laughs) And I needed to kind of go back and I needed to sort of say, well, what, what can I do to make sure that my physical body is in line with everything else? But also, where are my emotions and my thoughts and my spirit? Do you find that now that's happened, you're always going to be a victim to that? No, I don't consider myself a victim at all. It just means that I have to always be integrity with my body. My body can only handle so much. So I just really need to slow down. I listen to that. So basically it became a barometer to how far you can push your physical body. And also myself emotionally. If I was in the thick of something emotionally, then mm. I really needed to pay attention to it so yeah. that I would wouldn't hurt my other bodies because <laughs> they're all linked to each other very much i think what you said about the war was really interesting and it mm-hmm. definitely actually opened something up in my eyes as well because mm-hmm. i had an eating disorder for quite a long time mm-hmm. and i realize now that the issue was that i was definitely at war with myself because there was a part of me that wanted so desperately to love myself for who i was mm-hmm. but there was another part of me that was so desperate for people to love me So all those kind of the binging and the restricting was me indulging both sides Mm -hmm. at the same time. When I started trying to bring them together and going, all right, well, I'm just going to look at this from love. So I am going to try to do loving acts towards myself, Mm -hmm. whether that is eating what I want Mm -hmm. or whether that is saying enough and putting the knife and fork down. As long as it comes from a place of love. Mm -hmm that's the right way to start yeah because i was so tired from that war that my body started giving up as well so that actually the diets that would work no longer worked Mm -hmm. i was doing everything and i wasn't seeing a change in my physical appearance because the problem wasn't actually physical it was a reflection of what was going on emotionally which was my inability to understand that i had maybe different views to what i was being told i should want Mm. And I think that's the big problem with a lot of the consumerism that we're facing in the world today is that, and that whole perfection thing, you know, we're being told this is what you need to look like to deserve love. Or this is what you drink or eat if you want to be happy. Because I wasn't entirely convinced by that, Mm -hmm. but my fear was so high Mm -hmm. and my self-esteem was so low. Mm -hmm. I was looking for that. Hack 101, physical 101. (laughs) I don't really want to have to deal with the emotional side of Mm -hmm. why I don't think I deserve love. I'm just going to go down the physical route and drink this drink and work out in this gym and not have dinner Uh because that will solve the problem for me. But deep down inside, I knew that wasn't the case. (laughs) I think many do, but they don't necessarily want to consider the alternatives because that would be too difficult. That would force them to give up 
these coping mechanisms that they wanted to believe would work. And if they had to learn that they really don't work, then Mm -hmm. it means that they're wrong. And then it starts that cycle again. Well, then if I'm wrong, then I'm not worthy of these things. Then how can I ever love myself? I'm not perfect. I am flawed, etc. So almost our, our physical body is a reflection of our shadow in a way, how close we are to integrating that shadow Mm. to ourselves. Mm. Even if it's not a conscious choice, it's a subconscious one. You know, our bodies are not our puppets. They're not dolls. We fluctuate. We're along this spectrum and our stories reflect this. So in your story Mm -hmm. and in mine, our bodies were mirroring to us Mm -hmm. the old stories that we maybe thought we'd gotten rid of that still needed to be looked at. Precisely. Well, in my case, I hadn't gotten rid of anything at that point. Yeah. But in yours, maybe. Well, there's always layers. Once we've divested ourselves of one layer, there's often another underneath. And so often our job, really, and hence karma is my bitch, is just own it. Layer after layer. Just keep going, keep going. Don't Mm. assume that you're finished. It's an endless process Mm. as long as we live, but we get to a place of peace and wholeness that we look at it we think, okay, I get it. I get the message. The more I started to love myself and do loving acts as a byproduct, the better I started looking. So was it almost that because my body is always my mirror, it's reflecting how I feel towards myself in some ways. Mm -hmm. Because I think what's interesting about both our stories is that yours is very much one from a medical perspective Mm -hmm. and mine's very much one from a appearance perspective. And those are the two ways in which we talk about how our body communicates to us, Mm -hmm. right? Because in one way, if we look at it, it's literally showing us what's going on. Um, And in in another way, it's reacting to show Mm -hmm. us what's going on. So it can be either kind of disease or weight or whatever else it is. Oh, very much. um, Or sometimes both. One of the steps to getting into love, though, is forgiving and having compassion for how we treated our bodies when we were in states of lower consciousness. We've treated our physical bodies as disposable. In general, you know, for thousands of years human beings have pretty much treated the other as disposable. And that includes the body. And so we've been very comfortable torturing ourselves, haven't we? And torturing others. The idea of death and slaughter and torture and abuse has existed. It's it's part of our mind frame, isn't it? We, we see these in movies and we just, people laugh. They think nothing of it. Well, slapstick comedy is people getting hurt. Yes. So our physical bodies have been the brunt yeah. of many jokes, yeah. but also historically in many stories have suffered so much. And yet now we're at a point where perhaps we have less of that in the world. We still have it, obviously, but we have less of it. But we're inflicting that torture on ourselves. Yeah. Well, I definitely found it in my present where the biggest part of starting to do those loving acts towards myself mm-hmm was forgiving myself for not having started before. For me, it was almost this cycle of, if I start now, then it means that the fact that I didn't start before, I failed myself somehow. You know, I should already be at the finish line. I should already be in the greatest expression of who I am. And I think that goes back to what we were saying at the start about us being flawless, is that part of it is accepting Mm -hmm. that... At that time, I was doing the best that I could because other shit was going on. And that now I had the strength from my emotional body Mm -hmm. to give to my physical body and to start that process Mm -hmm. and to forgive what had happened before because it was what it was for loads of other reasons. And maybe it just wasn't the time then. Or maybe I had to learn a bigger lesson, which Mm -hmm. was sometimes I'm not going to be in alignment with what everyone else thinks. 
Oh, gosh. And what's really important is that I'm in alignment with what I think. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a big lesson. And so if it took a war with my weight and an eating disorder to figure that out, yeah. then that's what it took. Yes. And better to move forward and own all of myself. And owning all of yourself, one of it is knowing who you are and choosing to stand by yourself, not alone, but next to yourself. But part of it is also understanding that with the four physical bodies that we were discussing, at any one point, one of them could be stronger than the other. They're here to prop each other up. Very and at much. some point, my physical body might not be in the best place it could be but that's because my other bodies needed that support at that time maybe more precisely yes and they really have lately as we've been sort of trying to divest ourselves of our issues karma trauma abuse anything that we've been going through our physical bodies have been sort of suffering in order to support can we come back around and sort of see that our physical bodies need some support Right now, what many of them have been doing is relying on coping mechanisms that aren't working anymore. All of these bodies really do need to be functioning, perhaps not fully at 100% all the time, but a lot more so than they have been. For me, that means I don't get as many cocktails as I enjoy. And for me, it means sometimes after a couple of days of eating whatever I want, Mm -hmm. uh, the minute I start feeling less in love with myself as a result do a loving act because I think the other thing with me a big part of that war we were discussing in order to be sold things we need to need them in our society big businesses need to convince us there's something wrong well they have to sell us our unhappiness to sell happiness yeah they have to sell us our unhappiness to sell the fix it makes us focus as a society more superficial very much because we're judging other people's happiness and success mm-hmm. by what they look like or by how they're feeling. Yes. The healthier you are, the better looking you are, mm-hmm. the more you conform mm-hmm. to societal standards of beauty, the better person you are, which often is not the case. You might know the most beautiful person in the world. If you find out that they've got the worst personality, they stop being beautiful in your eyes. Mm -hmm. And the other way around, someone who really first impressions could not be anything special could end up being the most beautiful person in your eyes. So we have evidence Mm -hmm. that actually beauty is not about what you necessarily look like, but it's all of who you are. We have to own all of ourselves to be the greatest expression of who we are. And that does include the physical, but not maybe the way you think. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.